Today on the Chokesland Wrestling Report, we're going to be talking about the AEW Dynamite Review. What a show yesterday. A lot of surprises. And it looks like a individual may be out as he announced his wife is pregnant. So there's a possibility that he may not be around AEW for a while. Also, a betrayal that happened last night. We got that and much more on the Chokesland Wrestling Report. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! to another episode of the Chokesland Wrestling Report. I am your host, the infamous Ultimate One from New York City, and we're here today to talk about the AEW Dynamite review show that I usually do on Thursday. Last night, AEW Dynamite was, it was worth it. The show did, I think, one of the best shows they had had in a couple of, a couple of weeks. Um, it just was crazy. They had a NWA Women's World Title match. It looks like Britt Baker has her big few coming up. I mean, this show was from top to bottom one of the best shows they have had. And I'm sure that I'm going to have AEW haters. They're going to say otherwise. But I, when I do this podcast, I just bring you the facts. And not, I'm not just going to give you my opinion because I like a promotion or for whatever reason, because uh, lately um, I have been showing my uh, my I can say my expertise when it comes to wrestling because I've been doing this for so long. Um, as far as watching the products, the promotions, and all that, that I'm getting blocked on Twitter, which is funny to me, because the people who are right now blocking me are WWE shields and WWE people who just act like there's nothing wrong with WWE. And uh, I try to be a gentleman when it comes to either interacting in Twitter or, you know, giving my opinion. No disrespect or nothing, but these guys, what they do is they block you without saying a word to you. Well, you know what? At the end of the day, I do not lose sleep because you block me because you feel that I, you know, I'm not giving WWE respect or giving them the Props. This WWE can't get no props right now with the continuation of the garbage product they give every single week, especially with what happened this week on Monday Night Raw. They go home show. Uh, just it, it, terrible. I'm sorry, terrible. The, the, the women's team is terrible. The men's team is just out of control. There's no leadership there. So, it goes to show you that even though AEW does their mistakes, because they do their mistakes, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, they do their bodges, they do all the crazy stuff, and some of the stories don't make sense. But last night's AEW Dynamite showed me that they still, I don't care what NXT had on last night or WWE had last night, this they, they couldn't beat this this show. There's no way in the world they would have beat this show. And if you think about it, that's what WWE put NXT to counter. AEW because they know that if they don't have no counter, AEW will be taking all their fans away from WWE because their products suck right now, you know. And and if I started this show just flipping out, but it's the facts because you have people. I try to network with other podcasters and try to to give them my analysis, my opinion. We're entitled to our opinions. There's no need for nonsense and stupidity but then again we got these geeks on on social media who are trolls and all they do is knock everything that any other promotion who's not wwe bring it down so aew dynamite last night started off with a good tag team now the young bucks defended the world tag team titles against a tag team called top flight i had heard about this tag team about Top Flight, how they were brothers and they were pretty good. Well, 
Darius and Dante Martin are only 19 and 20. And last night, they, you know, they, they went in there against the Young Bucks, one of the best tag team wrestling tag teams in the world right now, if you, if you really think about it. Um, and they showed that they can hang with the Young Bucks. You know, and even in the, even though Matt wasn't 100% because Matt was still, he was still favoring the injury. He's wrestling with that ACL or MCL injury. And he's still wrestling. And he's still doing high-flying moves. I don't know. Uh, to me, it's just kind of dumb to be wrestling with injury. But then again, they gave the belts to Matt and, and Nick Jackson. So, the funny thing, I haven't seen the FTR since they lost those belts in full gear. So, that's something I... um I'm wondering why we haven't seen them. But during this match, both teams did very well. I mean, uh, the uh, top flight team was giving the, the Young Bucks a hard time. It's like It was like a spit image of them when they were young. Um, Darius has a beautiful Spanish flag that he hit on Matt. Dante could fly. This guy just, he was, you know, he, there was no bots in this one. He just flew, and they caught him, and it was a beautiful, but they can hang with the champ. So, but at the end, you know, they they gave they almost pinned the the young bucks a couple of times, and it wasn't until um, I think they they made a mistake, and the young bucks call them with the BTE move, signature move to beat them. But I hope to see them again. But after the match, while they were outside, Jack Evans and Angelico attacked top flight. So don't be surprised if you see a matchup between them in either AEW Dark next week or at Dynamite. So Angelico and, and, and Jack Evans uh, attacked them. So this match was pretty good. Uh, the top flight team, Darius and Dante Martin, uh, showed me what they got. They are very good. They, they, and, you know, they did comparison with Private Party, but now these guys, Dante and Darius Martin, are are younger than private party and they could wrestle better than private party. Yeah, I said it. I said it. And they show they can hang with um with uh the young bucks. And you know what's funny they're talking about private party. When private party beat the young bucks last year in the AEW tag team tournament, they looked like they was really they were really hungry. And now if you look at private party when they wrestle, they kinda they slacking. They they they're stagnant. They don't wanna like I don't know, they don't put effort into 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 their matches. They like I don't know. They probably lay back. They figure, hey, we're making money, so I, I don't know. Totally. Then the next segment they show the inner circle, um, inner circle, uh, slays Vegas. Uh, they show the inner circle hanging out in Vegas, and sure enough, during this segment, you saw Conan. Now. The reason that Conan showed up was because Private Powerful said, if you guys want to really party, we're going to show you somebody who's coming in. He's in the car. and going to show you what a party could be. And it's no other than Conan, who is a... And, and this is something that we're going to talk about at the ending of this. is an AEW and Impact uh, partnership going on. Because this is the second time we see an Impact employee at an AEW event, uh, we saw Don Callix, Executive Vice President of, of Impact, in full gear. He came out on the Chris Jericho um, 30th anniversary um, package. So, is Impact about to work with AEW? So, now, the inner circle thing, I'm not even going to comment on it because, I, 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 for one, I cannot stand comedy and wrestling. I cannot stand it. It just, it just don't go with it. I don't understand it. So, even though they were going to do this, but, you, you know, um, after that, we saw ha uh, Hagen and Warlock kept looking at each other at this bar in Vegas, and they just started beating up people. I mean, this was the first part of the Inner Circle Slays Vegas segment. So, Moxley did a promo, and he announced, shockingly, which caught me by surprise, that Renee Young is expecting... A baby. So uh, it looks like Moxley's going to be the, uh, he's probably going to be out. He may lose the belt come December 2nd. Uh, so to spend time with his wife who's home, now pregnant. And so John Moxley's going to be a father. 
congratulations to both of them. Um, I guess Renee Young had a nice time after she left WWE. Uh, and them two were home through the whole, you know, uh, situation with the virus. Yeah, I guess they were making babies. So, um, congratulations to both of them. But uh, Moxley pretty much told Kenny Omega in this segment, he said that he's a champion of two continents. And if you guys don't know what he's talking about, remember, guys, he is still the New Japan IWGP United States champion. He still holds that belt. New Japan has not stripped him of the belt. You cannot strip him of the belt because of the, you know, the restrictions. And he's also the AEW World Champion. So, uh, pretty much, he's letting um, Kenny Omega know that his father told him that they owe, he they were always the good guys. So, in other words, he's trying to say Kenny Omega's the bad guy. So, we'll see what happens. After this segment, we had the Orange Cassidy versus Kid Sabian. Uh, with Miro in commentary, pretty much this match was a regular match. Kip Sabian was not having it because uh, Orange Cassidy started doing his comedy behavior and Kip Sabian was not having it. He started working on uh, chain wrestling with Orange Cassidy. Cassidy tried to stick with his usual com- comedic stuff, uh, but it was he did the, uh, the usual hand on the pocket, but it was, it was short-lived when he got distracted by Penelope Ford. Uh, Penelope Ford is a big asset to Kip Sabian, and um, so pretty much uh, her distraction then had um, Orange Cassidy in trouble for most of the match. It wasn't until uh, Orange Cassidy did a diving cross body and a spike DT uh, to take control, some control, and they went back and forth um, during the match. Uh, Kip botched an attempt when he tried to bounce off the ropes and he slipped. I guess he was trying to jump off the ring and drop kick Orange Cassidy. He slipped and he fell from the ropes. Orange Cassidy ends up beating Kip Sabian with the mousetrap. Afterwards, after the match, uh, Miro flew from the commentary area, jumped over the ring and freaking took out uh, Orange Cassidy head off almost. And it was it, it was it was crazy. Um, so uh, it looks like he, um, it looks like probably Miro probably is gonna end up. Wrestling Orange Cassidy next week, but uh, when he clotheslined OC out of out of his boots, then you see best friend coming in and try to help him. Then we had the contract signing. This is a, a very very interesting situation because Omega came out for the contract signing, but Moxley didn't. Moxley was laid out in the back. Now, during this whole situation, I was telling. My friend on through text message, I said, don't not be surprised that FTR is part of attacking John Moxley. And the reason I say that is because it's been a couple of weeks where they keep mentioning North Carolina. Now, the FTR is from North Carolina. There was also rumors in the dirt sheet that there might be a possibility that FTR may join uh, with Kenny Omega to create the Horsemen. Now, if you look at it on paper, and then you look at it from my standpoint, which I've been saying it for months, it does not make no sense. Why would Omega join FTR and Sean Spears to make the Four Horsemen? Spears still looks like the weak link out of all that. Unless they bring in Adam Page. Adam Page has not been seen since, uh, I think, whew, I haven't seen Adam Page since Full Gear. So, uh, it's incredible that you know you haven't seen these guys you haven't seen FTR you haven't seen uh Page and now all of a sudden last night on the situation where they were supposed to sign the contract Mr. um Mockley was laid out in the back and they were trying to put a nick breaks around his neck so where this leads off to winter begins that's the name of the segment for December I mean actually for the show for December 2nd where Omega and Moxley will face off. Now, I still think this could it could be a um, a possibility that it could be FTR. Who will attack Moxley? I mean, my friend said it could be Lance Archer, but then again, why will Lance Archer attack Moxley when I believe on uh, Chris Van Fleet uh, interview that Lance Archer did, he mentioned Eddie Kingston. So it could be a fact that maybe Eddie Kingston... Uh, I don't know what he'll do to Lance Archer or do something stupid and he's going to end up fighting uh, with Lance Archer but I, 
this leads me to want to know what happened uh, with Moxley last night. Um, this is uh, something to look forward to and something for you guys to check it out because, you know, it makes it interesting. It makes it real interesting for the match to happen between these two. And, and I mean, it lets us thinking, like, who will actually attack Moxley? But you tell Kenny Omega was very calm, was not even worried about it. He did not care. He signed a contract, and he kept it moving. So now well, everybody's wondering what is going to happen now. You know, this is beautiful. This is beautiful storytelling. This is how wrestling should be. But, you know, we only get this in certain in certain spots, uh, certain promotions where storylines become logic instead of being instead of being not logic. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens because it's going to like we'll see next week. So stick around, guys. I have more for the AEW Dynamite review and we're back guys um so we went from a situation where we were all wondering what happened to moxley into the second part of the inner circuit of comedy i didn't even bother to really even write notes about this because again i will still say comedy does not belong in pro wrestling because you know this is a situation where people does you know you got the wrestling community and the fans to see this comedy and now they're expecting to see it every time in every match in every segment it's, it's wrestling is not Saturday Night Live you know me and um, my friend Jay from um, Turbuckle Tabloid we spoke about I mean, we spoke about this on our last time we met and I agree with him w, uh, not only WWE AEW has become and WWE has become Saturday Night Live everything is not comedic and Jericho, I think Jericho is the one that comes up with this these stupid segments. I'm sorry. Jericho uh, has done some great ideas, um, especially the Money in the Bank, which now WWE is shitting all over it. Um, but sometimes not every segment, everything is a good idea. I mean, this whole thing with the inner circle partying in Las Vegas and they got a midget horn swaggle popped out last night. Uh, in the hotel, I'm like, this is what we doing now. You know, it just makes no sense. Hornswoggle, in a inner circle segment, seems like everybody's going to AEW to get a check, and that's what that's what they're doing. You know, and Tony Khan is, is good. He's just giving out money away to people just to show up, which makes no sense. Uh, I don't I don't get it. And after that after that segment, then you had Chris Jericho on commentary, which I thought he was gonna stay because I love what Jericho is on commentary. But he announced that him and Hager are gonna go against SCU. Remember, Hager and Jericho, um, especially Jericho, announced that they were gonna be now part of the in the tag team scene to get the the belts. So right now the champions, uh, the tag team champions are the Young Bucks. So then right after that. Eddie Kingston shows up. Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston is gold when he's on commentary because he is, even though you can tell it's just part of kayfabe, whatever, it looks like he is like in there just talking his mind off. He just he just make the commentary a little better. A little bit of comedy here and there, but him and Tony Schiavone, when they go at it, is just gold. So the reason Kingston came out, it was the return of Pac against the Blade. This match, pretty much, Pac came out sadistic. Of course, Blade had Butcher and the Bunny in his corner. Uh, so you knew there was going to be some type of factor in there. But Pac came out just blazing. Blazing, I'm talking about throwing Blade all over the outside ring with the with the barricades, everything, drop kicks. He, he was sadistic. But the mistake he did afterwards that he got distracted by Butcher. And when he got distracted by Butcher, that's when Blade took advantage of it. He, he, he slide kick Pac. He threw him into the uh, um, into the uh, outside barricade. At one point, he caught um, Pac, and he looked like he was gonna throw him in the ropes, like a guillotine on his stomach first. And Pac hit his forehead, like his quad. Hit the rope, not his stomach or his abdominal area. His quad hit the ropes, and you see him 
bounced off the rope and his forehead hit the freaking canvas. And then after afterward, Blade, uh, actually no, Pac went to do a DDT kind of botched it because Blade, I guess he wasn't ready for it. So it was a little botch there. Butcher hit Pac from behind after Bunny interfered by grabbing his leg. And again, there's Bunny getting involved. So, uh, but then Pac took advantage again. He superplexed uh, Blade. And then he hit a beautiful shooting star. And then he turned it into a brutalizer uh, for the win. Then afterwards, he went and took the mic, calling out Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston talking about, you don't want none of this. All of a sudden, Butcher comes from behind and just hammers Pac. And then Eddie Kingston comes into the ring. Now you got three-on-one situation. Eddie is pretty much grabs the mic, starts insulting Pac, and, you know, He's going to pay, you know, all of a sudden, Ray Phoenix come in. Ray Phoenix come in. He starts hitting everybody. He attacks Eddie Kingston. He attacks uh, Butcher and Blaze. So now everybody's like, what the heck? All of a sudden, he gets overwhelmed because they start pounding on Phoenix and, and Pac. I don't know. I'm expecting Pentagon to come out and do something. Something's got to happen. Then, sure enough, Penta came out with a chair, and he looked like he was going to hit his brother. And he went, he swung at Eddie Kingston. So now it looks like the death triangle at Triangulo de la Muerte are back together. And you can tell there's going to be a big feud going on there now between this group. So now if you really think about it, AEW has had they all, probably every member of the roster in Jacksonville right now. They got everybody in there. You got, every, there's nobody missing that I know. There's out of the country that's not in the roster, not in, in Florida, in Jacksonville. So, Jay Carhill, again, uh, this lady, I don't know much about her. I know this uh, AEW has big plans for her. Well, I guess one of the plans was for her to attack Brandy as she uh, was the camera roll in the back and found Brandy on the floor with a chair wrapped around her arm, and Jay Carhill went and stomped on it, and all of a sudden, you see Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose in the background uh, uh, trying to stop everybody from coming in. All of a sudden, you see Big Swole come out of nowhere to help Brandy. Uh, Red Velvet, uh, Serena Deves, they come out there to help her. Uh, for God's sakes, I hope that they're not going to put this girl, Jay Garhill, against Brandy in a match. Brandy can't wrestle. I'm sorry. So... I mean, Brandy should just be sticking to what she knows, and that's brand off, brand chief officer, whatever she is. Not in the ring. She is not good at the ring at all. And then Jay Carhill, I don't know what she's done. I don't know where she wrestled. I don't know who who she has got in the ring with. I, I don't know what. I, I really don't. I, I don't get uh, a whole situation. Last night, we had the NWA Women's Championship match. Tact, uh, not tactic, I'm sorry. It was a women's match for the NWA World's Women's title. And when I tell you that AEW, it looks like it's turning a corner, this may be the opportunity because this match between Serena Deezer and Thunder Rosa for the NWA World title was gold. When I say it was gold, it was gold. The way the match started, it was good technical mat wrestling between both women. Serena, at one point, spilled Rosa on the edge of the ring. Rosa hit a German suplex on Serena, but then out of nowhere, this beautiful match. I'm talking about beautiful. When I mean beautiful, I mean I have not seen a match like this since... I think the Serena Deeps and, 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 and Thunder Rosa's first match. And Britt Baker, out of nowhere, attacks Thunder Rosa. And this was at the where Reva came and kind of uh, looked like she was um, uh, kind of like, how you call it? Um, yeah, kind of interfering in a match, but yet, you know, interrupting the referee, interrupting Serena Deeps while Britt Baker attacked. Um, 
Don the Rosa on the stage area hit her with like a it looked like a fisherman suplex type, uh, and hit her. But even after all that, even after all that, Serena, uh, Serena Deves and Thunder Rosa continue wrestling. Thunder Rosa uh, uh, kept coming out of some of the moves. They kept going back and forth. I mean, it, it's it was like submission after uh, not submission, but uh, pin after pin after pin. It wasn't until uh, Serena hit a flapjack type maneuver on Rosa to beat her and to retain her title. And then after that, they keep showing Thunder Rosa on the camera. And I'm saying, is she bleeding from her mouth or whatever? So happened that Britt Baker was still in the audience outside. And Thunder Rosa just laid her out, dragged her, and started beating the crap out of Britt Baker. And this is beautiful, guys. Beautiful. Because Britt Baker, right now, she came back. She lost the swole at All Out in a cinematic match. And I felt like, okay, now what? She came back. She wrestled some squash matches. And now she has a legit feud. And that is Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. These girls went at it. And Thunder Rosa was not backing up. Thunder Rosa is fierce. And every time I see her, she has become one of the favorites for me. I mean... One, because she is a non a no-nonsense wrestler. Uh, and I think she, her and Britt Baker are going to tear the house down. I think Thunder Rosa is a better wrestler because she, uh, I mean, you saw it. Her and Serena Deves had a beautiful technical wrestling match. It wasn't until later, later in the match when um, Deves hit the spears on Thunder Rosa. But these women went at it. Um, you can see that Thunder Rosa has lost a little bit of weight. She's more toned. Um, her MMA type background helps her with her wrestling ability. Britt Baker got her hands full. Britt Baker got, uh, she's a little taller than uh, Thunder Rosa. But Thunder Rosa, I'm telling you, this is, this is something to look forward to. And I cannot wait for that. Uh, the next match was the main event. But before that. They announced that Anna J will face Sheeta for the AEW Women's Title um, next week. So now the AEW Champion will be defending against Anna J. Um, so I don't know where that's gonna go. So uh, I don't see Anna J winning, but never know. We're talking about Dark Order here. So uh, Ryan Cage and Stark versus Darby Allen and Rose. This match was uh, it was. It was the first time I ever saw Cody Rhodes face Brian Cage. And it, it brought me back of how it was the summer of 2018 when you have Brian Cage. I think summer 2018 or 2019. Where you have Brian Cage as the Impact World Champion. Cody was part of the Bullet Club. He had the IWGP United States Champion. He was the Ring of Honor Champion. So this was good to see a face-off between these two. Cody and Darby were dominating the, most of the match. It wasn't until... Taz, who was supposed to be in the commentary area, I don't know if Art Anderson showed up later, but that's when Taz came out of his uh, commentary and went down to his to his area where his boys were. Arn gets thrown out of the match after throwing a chair in the ring. Now, this is the uh, I don't know why Arn, why Cody has Arn, because right now the way it looks like Cody Arn has caused some matches to Cody. And this was one of them. He got thrown out for throwing a chair in the ring. Why would you throw a chair in the ring? So, I don't know. Don't be surprised Arn turns on Cody. I can see that happening very soon. I didn't, I didn't see his entourage. I didn't see Billy Gunn. I didn't see uh, Dustin. I didn't see QT Marshall. None of those guys come out this week with, uh, with Cody. I didn't even see Arn. And that's why I say Arn got thrown down. Uh, Ishimo, uh, and Ishimo, it, I'm sorry. Ishimo Kami on cage by Darby Allen. He almost pinned him, and I, it was close. Darby looked like he almost pinned Cage, but but then you know Darby against Brian Cage. That's a big mix match because Cage went and grabbed Darby and he hit him with the Avalanche Drew Claw from the top rope and pinned him. So that alone, him pinning Darby Allen. Shows you that now he's the number one contender for the TNT championship. So, either this week or next week, it's going to be a match between these two. And I could see probably Brian Cage winning that belt. 
and he'll be double champion. Even though the FTW match, um, FTW title has not been defended at all. Uh, after that, uh, Team Taz started putting the boots on Cody and Darby again. Hobbs, Will Hobbs come in with the chair. He grabs the FTW title. Cody stands next to him. And he gets drilled with the FTW title by Will Hobbs. Hobbs end up turning on uh, on Cody. Will Hobbs is now part of Team Taz. Now, was this a surprise to me? No, it wasn't. Because there was supposed to be a six-man tag uh, a couple of months ago. There was supposed to be, I think, Starks, Lance Archer, Brian Cage against Will Hobbs, John Moxley, and Darby Allin. Uh, I do not know what happened. I know Moxley wasn't able to make it. Somebody wasn't able to make it. So that match never happened. Now, uh, the fact that um, Will Hobbs joined Team Taz, I saw this coming. I saw this coming like months ago. Especially when Hobbs lost to, I believe, he lost to Cage. Yeah, he lost to Cage and Team Taz offered him a spot. And Darby Allen came out to help him. And so Will Hobbs is now part of Team Taz and Team Taz is growing overall but this AEW uh, Dynamite was off the chambers this week and I believe that uh, they're getting better they're going to get better and better next week is, uh, we'll see what happens what matches they're going to set up I know SCU is going to wrestle Jake Hager and Chris Jericho um, there's another couple of matches I think set up for next week um, so I mean, AEW is doing what AEW does better. So, you know, I mean, their women's title match was pretty good. Uh, what does this mean for the women's division? Because I'm still dying for them to fix this damn women's division. Um, so, we'll see. We will see. And we're going to keep uh, watching as the week progress. Um, very, definitely looking forward to what happened with John Moxley and Kenny Omega's situation. We'll be right back after this. And we're back. And we're going to talk about a big, uh, well, for me, it's big news that was talked about yesterday. And it was the PWI top, I think, the top 30 tag teams in um, in the world. And FTR won the honors of being the number one tag team in the world. But as I look in the top 10, um, now, PWI, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, has been a very, very respective magazine when I was growing up. Uh, I was a big collector of that since I was 13. I collected it all the way to like I'm probably 34. I still got these magazines. Uh, I still got the first issue ever came out with Mill Mascaras and Dusty Row in the front cover. Um, but as of late, Pro Wrestling Illustrated has been... Um, I got no other words but to put it, but a joke. Um, as you guys saw when they did the PWI top 100 female wrestlers a couple of months ago, they put the top four or the top five uh, were all WWE women wrestlers. Um, they put uh, Becky Lynch in there, who has not wrestled since May. They put Charlotte Flair, who did not wrestle since June, and they still put in the top four. Um People were saying, oh, but it's from October of last year to October. The, and and I brought a bunch of facts, and people did not like what I had to say. And the bottom line is, PWI has not been on point. I mean, let's talk about the men's. They named John Moxley as the top, the, the top wrestler in the world. The number one wrestler in the world when Adam Cole could have won that. They could have easily beat him with the, with the way his reign he had. He was wrestling everybody. And it could have been a tie, but they gave it to John Moxley. The year before, they gave it to Seth Rollins. And Seth Rollins, to me, did not win that or earn that at all. So, I mean, it's it's crazy that they have fallen from, from grace, if you can see. But they did the first time ever, the top 30 tag teams in the world. And I'm looking at the list here. Um, They put... Number one was FTR. Number two, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. Number three, the Golden Role Models, Bailey and Sasha Banks, which are no longer tag team. The North were ranked number four. Street Profits, number five. That's a joke. Over, over Gorillas of Destiny, who's number six. The Lucha Bros, seven. 
New Day 8, Kabuki Warriors, Asuka and Kairi Zing 9, and Rapongi Vice 10. First of all, here's the problem I have with this. Street Profits? Come on. Are you serious? Street Profits are nowhere in the caliber of the Gorillas of Destiny. Gorillas of Destiny five time. Five time IWGP tag team champions. And you're gonna put Street Profits over Gorilla Destiny? The North should be bet should be at least number two over Hagman Page and Kenny Omega. Okay. Kenny Omega uh, and Hangman Page, yes, over Golden Role Models, Bigger and Sasha Banks. Bigger and Sasha Banks are no longer tag teams. Neither is Kenny Omega Page, but Bailey and Sasha Banks was a very short-lived tag team. They didn't have those belts for months. They didn't. Again, there goes to show you what PWI has fallen from grace. They're not the same brand. Lucha Brothers, number seventh. And you have the Street Profit hiding in them? Come on. Give me a break. And, and and yes, I will be bitching about this because this is stupid. Kabuki Warriors, they no longer a tag team. They were just put together and they only lasted, what, two or three months? They were not legitimate tag teams. So, New Day, yes. New Day, they could be, their, I mean, they're ranked number eight. Um, and I think they should be higher than Street Profit. Street Profit is not better than New Day. Let me tell you that. Even though New Day has won the World Tag Team Time nine times, the tag team belts in WWE don't matter. Any belt in WWE don't matter. They're just they're hot potatoes. That's what they are. There's no legitimacy in any of this thing. FTR, uh, again, arrived earlier this year, and after they won after coming from WWE. But FTR, they show what wrestling is all about. I mean, they held the belts for probably two months probably. Um, I don't know where they're gonna go from there. I don't know how their contract is. I don't know if they did sign a contract with AEW. It was just a handshake. But FTR wins the uh, uh, the number one um, tag team in the world. Uh, I'm not surprised that if people and, and those who who love arguing with me about WWE stuff and say, "Oh, WWE got good tag team," no, they don't. They don't. <laughs> the tag team division is a fucking mess. It's a mess. So, and speaking about WWE, Miz. Was in some podcast claiming he doesn't give respect to as a former world champ. Miss, you're a joke. Let's be realistic. The only reason WWE pushed you was for mainstream media, uh, mainstream media, because you was a uh, how can we say you was a reality show guy. And what better way to put a guy who you know who was uh, in some reality TV show? And put him as a world champion. Let me get this um, nice little hot beverage of tea. Again, Miz, the only time that I felt that Miz was, to me, this is just me and many pottery will agree with me, was when he was the Intercontinental Champion. I think he gave some legitimacy for that belt back in 2015, 2016, when he was feuding with Dolph Ziggler for that belt. He has won the belt like about seven or eight times. And he was the only guy who had the balls to legitimize the, the Intercontinental title when that belt was, they were making it worth it. That's, that belt, Intercontinental belt, has been a title should be a legacy title, along with the world title. The Universal title, the United States title, the WWE version one, uh, they have been crap. The Universal title plays crap. They've been crap. The main titles, they mean something, and that to me... As far as when WWF was WWF back then, they was the Intercontinental Champion, the World Title, and the Tag Team Title. The Intercontinental Champion, if you had that belt, you was the number one contender to the World Title. And I remember those days. Don Morocco had the Intercontinental Title. He would wrestle Bob Backlund. Same thing when Hogan had the belt. When Hogan had the belt, Kurt Henning was the Intercontinental. He gets a title shot. Because he was the Intercontinental Champion, number one contender. Even though Hogan wrestled other guys down the line, but in the top ten. That's the way wrestling was now. Anybody can win the belt. Look what they did to NXT. Leo Ruff, the North American title. Listen, and it's funny that this happened last week when Leo Ruff beat Johnny Gargano with his Johnny Gargano, um, somebody, some curse, whatever. When I saw 
that they didn't strip Finn Balor for the NXT title, and I said, well, they better make the North American title uh, a belt that's going to have some type of legitimacy. It's going to take it to the next level. No, they didn't take it to the next level. Actually, they made a mockery of that North American title by giving that belt to Leo Ruff. Leo Ruff, I don't care where he came from. This guy was jobbing to guys like Bobby Lashley a week or two after WrestleMania this year. He goes to NXT, and when I think he signed a contract with them, and he wins the North American title, it goes to show you, it goes to show you what WWE does, and people still want to argue with me about, you know, all this nonsense, and I keep saying it, WWE is a mess right now. It's a mess, and come Sunday, uh, right now what they did with giving the belt to Drew McIntyre, for that, you should have never took the belt away from Drew McIntyre. And hell in the cell. Should have kept it on him. Still had him feuding with either um, Randy Orton all the way to Survivor Series. He missed Russell's Roman Reigns. Book it a 50-50. No one wins. No one loses. Nobody gets hurt. And then you bring in The Fiend into the mix. And I don't know where you put Miz because let's be realistic again. Miz, again, you don't get recognition and nobody respects you because you're a clown. You know you don't belong in that that in that money in the bank world title picture. You don't. You just lost again to Mr. Bray Wyatt. And I want to correct myself because I said three weeks in a uh, uh, he lost three times in a week to uh, Drew McIntyre. He lost three weeks in a row. That's what I meant to say last Sunday of this past Monday or uh, Tuesday on my on my YouTube channel. Miz has the 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 briefcase. The, the 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 contract yet he's getting pinned he got pinned by Drew McIntyre and when I saw that Drew McIntyre did not challenge him for this money in the back break kick I mean because it's the, you you want to make sure I mean the logic thing to do is if you want to make sure you still have a title shot when Miz confronted him to uh, to talk nonsense about the briefcase Drew should have challenged him for the briefcase Instead, they didn't do that. Instead, they had uh, Drew McIntyre beating him up all the time, beat him in a singles match, beat him in a, in a handicap match, made him look stupid in his interviews. He's still walking around with this briefcase. And again, this is why I say the WWE right now is shitting all over this briefcase thing because this was a makeup thing that Jericho came up with a concept. Vince McMahon just approved it. So now Jericho's doing his thing and AEW now the money the bank briefcase is not worth crap Otis had it for 7 months or 6 months whatever how long he got until he lost it to the Miz and now the Miz walking around with the damn briefcase it's like having a 24-7 title but the briefcase don't mean shit you know so it's ridiculous that they have they going through all this and they're not I don't know so Iris Series is not going to be something that you guys are going to be happy about so I say David Riches, uh, if you guys remember David Riches, he was the Ring of Honor World Champion back in 2012. He was part of the American Wolf with uh, Eddie Edwards. Won, I think, the TNA Tag Team titles, I think, a couple of times. David Riches ended up turning on Eddie Edwards, I think it was 2017, 2016, I'm not sure. But David Richards revealed why he stopped wrestling after 2017. Apparently, he had knee issues. And uh, according to what he said, one doctor in the team in Impact told him he had needs of a 70-year-old. So he was never able to come back. He took a year off. He tried to come back. He couldn't. And um, after all, he couldn't he he make a comeback. So it's sad that this Eddie, uh, David Richards, who I really appreciate when I first owned wrestling in Ring of Honor live at the Hammerstein Ballroom, I always thought that he... Uh, you know, he has so much potential. Even though he was a short guy, but he has so much potential. Him and Eddie Edwards at the American Wolves was a great tag team in TNA. And not only there, but in Ring of Honor, they had some classic matches. Him and Eddie Edwards um, in 2012, 2011. So, um, it's sad. I mean, I always wonder why with Davey Richards when uh, I didn't see him after the 2018. Um, after 2018, I said, whatever happened to him? And so is also show you that this guy cannot wrestle anymore he got bad knees um so 
Ethan Page from the North. His contract is about to expire soon. Um, I don't know where he's going to go. Um, most likely, he probably ends up at AEW. I cannot see him going to WWE. I, I don't see him doing that. AEW would be a good spot for him. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with his partner, but uh, Ethan's Page contract expires in December. So I would think Impact should sign him and continue keeping him. Impact cannot they cannot afford to lose stars. They can't. They already lost the Rascals, who are going to WWE, and I feel sorry for them because all of them are going to be left in NXT on catering with Titus. So, yep, I'm going to keep saying that the land will destroy your careers and change your name and make you look marketable. Unless you go to NXT, it's another story. But um, I don't see them doing that good. Um, I, I got to see Xavier Desmond. Uh, live at House of Glory. Uh, and unfortunately, he probably is one of the guys he's going to end up going there to WWE. I mean, these are the wrestlers uh, who think that that's the, the dream to wrestle in WWE. And who knows? We'll see what happens. So, also, let's talk about the eight, what the rumors going around about AEW having a, a probably a relationship, working relationship with Impact. Um, as like I told you uh, at the beginning of the show, that they're most likely you saw Don Callis in uh, uh, AEW full gear commentary on the Omega versus Page match, and then they put him in a, a video package of 30 anniversary for Jericho. Yesterday, Conan appeared in the uh, Inner Circle Las Vegas. Will they have a working relationship with Impact? Why not? I mean, it looks like Tony Khan wants to work with everybody, at, of course, except WWE, but and he is looking forward to having a what. I've been saying for almost a year and a half, and it's half NWA, AEW, Ring of Honor, Impact, even MLW. I mean, I think MLW has a good working relationship with AEW already. And that's half the things like the, like it wasn't back in the territories, you know? Why not? I mean, Impact needs the help. You can see the good brothers, the Impact World Champion, go in AEW and wrestle the Young Bucks, the AEW World Champions. And that would be classic, man, if that was to happen. I mean... That's that's something that people should just uh, think about because it could happen. I, I would love to see it. Definitely, I would love to see it. Uh, Impact and AEW working relationship. They, they, I mean, Impact in some way, sometimes they're a little a-hole about stuff because Brian Cage was supposed to come out. I think in last year's Casino Royale, uh, double or nothing, their first double or nothing, but they didn't want him to lose, being that he was the Impact World Champion at that time. So, understandable. But yet, you could have, you should have pulled the trigger. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure Tony Khan would have worked something because he gives he gives a lot of free creativity. So I don't know. But speaking about that, um, the the what else? Let me see. Uh, who knows if Don Callis could bring also New Japan into the fold? Don Callis used to work with New Japan as the, one of the com- color commentators. That's, that's a lot of things could come up in 2021. So there's things to watch out for. Uh, this weekend, I will try to see what is the World Tag League and the Super Juniors. I haven't had time to sit down and watch any of this stuff. And most likely, I'll try to go through it and tell you what is the uh, the status of that. Even though I World Tag League is, um, the, the, the I know Tamatanga has a new look. Uh, that he uh, come out. He doesn't have the long locks. He doesn't have the beard. He looks so young now. He looks like a baby. But anyway, guys, that's that's it for my podcast for today. But then again, like, uh, I will appre- appreciate everything you guys do uh, and supporting everybody on Twitter who are networking. Um, again, um, I'm trying to do a lot for this podcast. One of the things I'm planning to do, and maybe it may be the beginning of the year, and that is. Um, selling my shirts with my logo in the front. Um, that is in the work. Um, as soon as that happened, I will give you guys the information on that. I started, uh, I will be starting a Twitch channel, which I started already this past Monday. Um, and so you guys can check me out there on Twitch. I'm also available at Apple, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, any major podcast that you guys like to listen to your audio shows. I'm also on unhinchedsn.com. 
Guys, check me out there on airtime.pro. Uh, it's unhingedsn.airtime.pro. Uh, check my shows out on Mondays and Fridays. On Mondays, I believe, is 12 to 1, and Friday is 1 to 2. Or oh, they changed it. I don't know why they, they changed it again. I have no idea. Uh, so check that out. Uh, keep supporting me. Uh, check out the Chokesline Wrestling Report. Dot com where you can find all my archives all my shows in there so you can find everything there also check out my youtube channel uh called the chokesline wrestling report i've been doing the last couple of weeks monday night raw review i still don't ask myself why why am i doing that but you know i'm not getting a lot of views there and people just don't care um but check that out if you guys like to listen to it give me your feedback give me your 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 I call it your comments on the bottom sign up for sign up for the subscribe to the channel um, hit that notification bell so you get that get the latest upload and also in the YouTube channel if you look on the top of my page on my channel page you'll see all my links the Facebook Twitter Instagram anchor everywhere I'm everywhere so guys uh, thank you again for supporting first of all without you guys uh, I'll be nowhere right now but Continue to support. Um, again, guys, be safe. Wear that mask. Things are not getting any better. Hopefully, this will be over soon. So, uh, again, wear that mask. Stay six feet apart. God bless, and I will see you guys this weekend.